Welcome to the Leadership Lessons Show. Brad's good to have you here. Caleb Nichols, Bradley Smith. So we're going to talk a bunch of stuff today. We're going to start off with Anzac Day, which happened a couple of days ago. Talk a bit about faith deconstruction. Um, Brad's got a segment, which who knows what's going to happen in that segment. <laughs> Buckle up. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about prayer. We're doing yeah. a prayer series at church lately. And finish off, we're talking about sleep. I've transformed my sleep habits this year. So we're going to hear about that and how sounds, Brad sleeps. Who knows? <laughs> sounds entertaining. <laughs> Hang on for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, go to calebnichols.com.au uh, for more information and please like and share on uh, any any socials and uh, ask us any questions. We love that, don't we, Brad? We love it. Love the topic suggestions as that well. That really helps. That would be cool. You sound like a real YouTuber now. So yeah. Like, share, hit the bell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hit the bell. That's true. <laughs> I forgot that one. So... Anyway, welcome to you, Brad. How are you, mate? I'm good. Thanks You're for having good. me. It's good yeah. to be back on deck. It is good to be back saddle. on deck. This is a bit of a new format. Yeah. Uh, we, could, we could talk all day, but we're going to try and be a bit quicker. Well, we've got, you'll notice a bit of paper. This is an innovation yes. to the show this year. <laughs> we've got a bit of paper with suggested timelines. That's so exactly right. We'll, we'll see how we go. <laughs> if you were still here in two hours, That's then right. you'll know. So first of all, I wanted to talk about Anzac Day a couple of days ago. Uh, I took my three out of my four kids. And we went to the local one in uh, Casey here, which was really good. There was a few hundred people there, and uh, it was a great. We went to the dawn service. Yeah. Did you go anywhere or do anything? Well, you put me on the spot there. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we had family breakfast. Oh, yeah. okay. Gunshot. <laughs> uh, what do they call it? Gunfire <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> yeah. It was really good. But the thing that st- struck me this year, Brad, was just um, the courage. Yeah. Um, you know, courage is one of the uh, Anzac values, yeah. and uh, just it uh, just got me really thinking about courage. And uh, you know, courage is a little bit crazy, yeah. but it's not courage in the um, stupid sense, yeah. like jump off something stupid, like probably a lot of stuff you've done, <laughs> ride stupid speeds on your motorbike. <laughs> but the courage to face adversity, yeah. uh, to be brave, yeah. to do what you don't want to do. Yeah. You're thinking 16, 17-year-olds, you yeah. know, signing up, lying about their age. Uh, a couple of years yeah. ago, just before COVID hit, I had the pleasure of um, going to Gallipoli. That'd be amazing. And Zach Cove yeah. walked on the beach. But I, I, I was in tears because you read some of the uh, the tombstones mm. and uh, just these young people. And, and often, uh, John, uh, is it 15, 11s quoted about... A greater love has no yeah. man than this to, to lay down his life for a friend. It just it always makes me emotional, just the courage of yeah. the Anzacs. So, full on. Any thoughts on that? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, I kind of had reflection. We actually drove, we had a lot of driving over Anzac Day, and same sort of reflection. Like, I, I haven't been faced with a moment that really comp- I can comprehend in that aspect, like yeah. that you may lose your life, but the concept and reflecting on what's been laid down before us really humbles you so it really does humble you it really does and to think at that time so many like our country in the first world war we only had about two million people it's such a huge thousands went and died yeah and to think of their conviction that's the bit that i reflected on like Mm. if my government said today we're going to ukraine Mm. that like to be confronted with a thought like that Mm. on the as we stand now, I've got so much to lose. Yeah. I've got an amazing daughter and wife and mm. life. And that'll be well, the, very the, hard. the individualism of, of the modern mm. person, it would be interesting to see. So mm. I thought that as well. Be interesting to see if there was a call to war mm. and just how individualistic we are now and concerned of our own rights. Yeah. 
if, if people would have that courage because that's yeah. what courage is. It's yeah. to, to do something you don't want to do. It's yeah. to step into the void when no one else wants to go. It's to go at 18, 19 yeah. to a battlefield on the other side of the world, get killed on the first day, get forgotten to history, but you, you, you paid the price for freedom. Yeah, it's incredible. And, yeah, I think about just the amount of, average Aussies like normal Aussie people no one who's like you know it's it's an Aussie culture thing like everyone's mm. thinks about Anzac Day and just the humility that's in the hearts of the average Aussie and we often overlook that because of the individualism and yeah. how we have these rights and we have all we're all very well off like mm. we overlook that there actually is a, a bit of humility in mm. that we're humble for what's being put before us yeah. I think that's pretty special as a country definitely definitely well I'm going to kick to the podcast next so the latest podcast that we put up was um, with Dan Patterson. Yeah, you've met Dan before, haven't you? Yeah, he's a legend. I was, um, yeah, I'll, he came about two years ago. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. He he spoke. I think he did about three sessions, and yeah. we loved it. I got, I still got notes in here. Yeah, that, um, really unpacked a lot of stuff. Well, Dan's an expert on um, apologetics, I suppose, and a bit of a cultural commentator, especially yeah. the Christian uh, worldview. Mm. And uh, we just released a podcast with him. But on the podcast, he spoke about uh, deconstructing faith. Yeah. So we might kick to that now. And then mm. when we come back, let's have a little chat about that. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a lot of parts to that question. I think you're just putting your finger on a lot of data points of what's happening broadly in kind of Christian culture. And uh, you've got high profile leaders who are walking away from the faith. You've got um, sort of famous musicians who say that I've got questions that don't seem to be answered in my tradition, at least. And so that's concerning. And so this deconstruction of pulling down the edifice of a person's beliefs to get back to what foundation does it really rest on? And so I'm not necessarily against deconstruction. I think there are a lot of unhelpful beliefs that aren't biblical. At best, they're extra biblical, if not heretical or unhelpful, that are built yeah. up within different Christian traditions or subcultures that maybe we do need to peel back and reassess. And it's an opportunity to say, upon which foundation is your hope built? Is it in this right. church or this denomination or in this particular leader? Or is it built up on the sure foundation of the life, death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a really interesting podcast. I think that to hear a Christian leader or a pastor like yourself talk about deconstructing faith mm. sounds, uh, sounds counterintuitive. Sounds really. kind of wrong. Yeah. yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, so deconstruction is an interesting thing. It's a word that's thrown mm. around a lot now. Um, obviously, De we've got the deconstructed... Um, mm. Uh, it, for, for millennials, we have deconstructed <laughs> coffee, de deconstructed bacon and eggs. Yeah. <laughs> My children tend to deconstruct their dinner every night. Uh, so it's that kind of idea of pulling apart. Yeah. You've built a faith or a belief system and then you hit this point in life mm. where you pull it apart. Is that okay? Yeah. Is that good or bad? Is it helpful or not? Yeah, so. and I think as well, is that what's been pushed by the church? That's a mm. big thing for me, mm. and especially someone who didn't grow up a Christian. Mm. I would think that the church was trying to overlook all these uh, yeah. extra um, stuff that helps and makes you look like a Christian. Where yeah. he's saying that scale it all back, mm. even things like your worship style, your yeah. leadership styles, and let's let's deconstruct back to the college. Like he says at the end there, doesn't he, like what's your faith really built on, mm. which is the key. So mm. I talk to a lot of people about deconstruction mm. and I've hit times in my life where maybe you've, you would mm. say I've deconstructed my faith a little bit. Mm. But I always say to people, if you're deconstructing as in pulling down or pulling apart, 
Um, it's got to be with the intention yeah. to build, the intention to mm. become more what we call in Christian world, more mature in my faith. Yeah. So actually know God better to move mm. forward with my faith. Yeah. I think when it's deconstruction for uh, criticism or to justify mm. that I don't need to follow or don't need to believe mm. uh, or to trip, or up, trip over peripheral things yeah. and go, oh, well, this peripheral belief system or worship style mm. or pastor said this or I saw a mm. Christian do that. It's like... Yeah, mm. like they're peripheral things. Like mm. You can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. So I think that's mm. that's a bit where the problem is that I see is deconstruction becomes um, the right to not obey God yeah. or not to believe rather than deconstruction becoming I want to actually grow more. Yep. But maybe I've got some of these side peripheral things at the center yep. and some of the things that should be at the center are not. So it's actually almost remodeling, mm. renewing. Yeah, my walk which with is, God, which is actually totally normal. Mm. Like before, or when I first started coming to Christ, I had to do deconstruction of my normal, like the way yeah, I looked at the world, true. things that I had faith in, and um, mm. I had a good life and good stuff happening. But I had to, I got confronted with some big questions when I met Christ, mm. and and I had to deconstruct a lot of my my thought patterns and mm. allow those to to be cut back to the core. Yeah, um, and that's one of the things that I found probably most freeing as I came to Christ is that we're free to do that. You're free mm. to question. You're free to cut right back to what bits are, are mm. remaining and what's mm. the foundation. Um, mm. I came into a church with great worship, great leaders. You know, like mm. everything was great on the outside, but we had to get back to mm. what's the what's the base, what's the foundation. So, is there anything for you now that you're doubting or looking at or mm. weighing up? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a big podcast question. <laughs> um, but for sure, as a Christian, I think that's a daily walk for me. Yeah, I'm I'm daily deconstructing. Back but anything to, specific? Um, I have put you on the spot. You have put me on. I think one of the big things for me is that my faith has become very personal. Mm. So I'm deconstructing what bits of faith is tastes good because it is the presence of God mm. versus what bits of my faith have been like good things have happened you know, work, okay. yeah. winning, things like that. And mm. um, cutting back to, is something good because just of a season or because yeah. that's Christ? Does that make mm. sense? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've had a lot of failure. So learning to split between yeah. what's really God and what's just stuff. Just good. Just, yeah, 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 um, yeah. And I've had a lot of failure. Oh, I've had a very colourful, like, career work-wise. So I've mm. had a lot of failing, a lot of success. So it's caused me to really constantly question like which bit was God and which bit was just like cause and effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. I think for me uh, at the moment is probably around Pentecostalism. So he spoke about worship traditions and and, and our tradition is more what you consider Pentecostal or charismatic. I think that's been a real deconstruction process the yeah. last few years. I'm definitely not interested in throwing the baby out the bathwater yeah. or I think reacting to something is not healthy because then you just yeah. you swing out the other way yeah. and you just you're like that kid that grows up yeah. that doesn't like his parents a lot. Just do everything different to yeah. my parents and it's like but you miss the good. Yeah. So it's not that, but it's just going oh a bit like you I suppose you're saying is like as you grow and mature separating well what yeah. was just our worship tradition, yeah, the Pentecostal style, yeah, but what's really like biblical on core, yeah, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with the style. It's like a method, yeah, 
but but what's the the mission, the message, the core beliefs? I think that's what's important. And again, I find when I talk to people who are in that deconstruction process, often they're tripping over like the way we worshipped or yeah. the style of preaching, so true, or what some Christians said or mm. did, you know, in politics. So and it's like, yeah, it's fine. It's like a lot of things are up for grabs and whatever. But mm. if you trip over that as like as if that's God, mm. or if that's fundamental, yeah. Then, then you know that's when it becomes a problem. I think that comes back to me. I'm I'm constantly reframing at the moment. I feel like I'm in this season of what's fruit, like the fruit of the spirit, mm. the fruit of the kingdom, or you know, being a Christian, and and what's results. Mm. Like, because because mm. how do you have the fruit of the spirit while you're failing? Yeah, that's that's been a really interesting reconciliation right. for me, and that's caused me to come back to like the the fundamental bits, like mm. who is Christ. Um, what does that so, mean so are you me? kind of saying there in a way are you questioning or reassessing what what's 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 it mean that God is good yeah yeah I think that's that's because a great bumper sticker for it because yeah. lots of bad stuff happens yeah and a lot of people fall over that one don't they so well, if God's good I'm getting bad stuff happen and yeah. I why see bad war? stuff and why is there war yeah. and yeah it's true it's really it's a big one it's one that you have to go through or else you don't you're not gonna believe yeah and, and it also draws you nearer to the nature of God. The more yeah. I constantly um, question that and allow God to search my heart and, you know, me, me kind of go deep in, into his heart and his nature, the more I get to know about him. Mm. That That's means. really good. Mm. That's really good. Well, we'd love to hear from you guys. Like, yeah. please comment on that. Ask us questions. What is there something you're deconstructing or doubting or yeah. uh, something? If you're not a believer, something you do doubt about Christianity, uh, we'd love to hear that. Yeah. And understand that. So I think a, a key statement that I've been thinking about. Sorry if we've gone over time here. I've That's just right, blown our. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but a key statement uh, that I've been thinking about, even doing this podcast, is what bits look Christian versus what bits are. I'm a son. I'm a son, or I'm a yeah. follower of Christ. Yeah, yeah. I've had to come back to what am I feeding on? Yeah, great. Because it, especially when you get asked to like talk about this stuff, um, it's very easy to talk about the bits that sound good, look good, um, and that even just preparing for this causes me to deconstruct really what have I actually been feeding on. Mm, mm. Um, it's powerful. It's great. Can we move on? We've gone it's 30 your... seconds overboard, so I apologise. Well, it's your section now, mate. So this is the Bradley Smith. We're cutting in. Whatever section. like uh, No, the idea of this is, you know, what's going on now, yeah. right now? What's your average bloke? What's your average Aussie thinking yeah. about, looking at, consuming? Well, so what have you got for us today? Well, I know our viewers are above average. That's so true. That's very true. difficult. That's to... true. <laughs> no, it's actually um, a good, good sec- segment, I think, to uh, throw over here to talk about some culturally relevant stuff. So okay. I thought I'd start and do my research. I wanted to come really well prepared. <laughs> what does Google say is trending oh, <laughs> for uh, people Google in Australia? I, I did blokes because I thought I'll... You know, oh, yeah. So what is the average 35-year-old bloke searching on Google in Australia? Um, and number one, you'd be happy with yeah. Premier League. Oh, really? Yeah. So apparently that's, oh, that's a, good. Well, my that's team, a, Manchester United, is not doing very well. Oh, really? Well, yeah, apparently that's a sport, this soccer thing. <laughs> <laughs> football, man. It's really global game football. <laughs> uh, number two, interestingly enough, was a blog about the oldest person alive. Allegedly, oh. allegedly the older per, oldest person passed away recently. Oh, really? 119, fun wow. fact. So, Do you I have a name for us or...? No, I didn't read the blog. <laughs> um, I was sure it would have been longer than 119. Ooh, so, 
Anyway, I'm planning on out doing that. Um, what have I got here? Third was Elon Musk. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big move. So we might talk he's about He's everywhere that. at the moment, yeah, isn't he? You can't talk to a 30... You can't talk to anyone <laughs> who does the internet without talking about him at the moment. So we might unpack that. And yeah. then fourth was the, the Nets, the basketball team. Drinking. Oh, okay. Okay. They might be failing. But anyway, lots of sports there. Yeah, yeah. Nothing deep. Okay. <laughs> Maybe tell us about Elon Musk. What's going on there? Yeah, it's a pretty interesting one. Um, I haven't... I've followed from afar. So um, I'm on Twitter, but I'm not a really a user. I'm not addicted, yeah. but yeah. I am addicted to social media. So <laughs> my wife would say I'm breaking that habit. Without... She's listening to some of my sermons. I know. I know. <laughs> no, I've, had a, I've seen you with the, with the sledgehammer. I smashed a phone. Yeah, that's right. And I've, I've been having digital... Do you want to smash that one? Yeah. No, get no, your no, social media. <laughs> we, um, I've been doing digital sunsets. Oh. Hot tip. So okay. I watched the sermon. Broken phone. <laughs> Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on Elon? Oh, I I'm definitely not a close follower, not a Tesla mm. driver yet. So, <laughs> no, but I think he's a, he's, he's a um, I don't know, is 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 a bit of an enigma, isn't it? Yeah, like it's a bit hard to put your finger on. Mm. But you've got to you, you've got to look at a guy like that and go, man, he's obviously mm. very clever. Like you can't yeah. be doing the stuff he's doing, make the money yeah. he's making without having a decent IQ. Yeah, uh, it's not an accident. Yes, I think that's... A he's good. not a one-hit wonder. And he's, he's not a one-man band either. Nah. You don't do that on your own. So you get all this crap on the internet mm. and criticisms and that. It's like, you know, personal attacks mm. or whatever. But it's like, you know, if a guy can mm. make that much money and be that innovative and that yeah. influential, if he's obviously clever, he's obviously yeah. a good leader yeah. um, to some degree. Marketing expert. you gotta, okay. you got to give yeah. him that. Like... Well, that's your lead. area, so you I'd know. I'd say marketing expert to get us get us talking about him on this show. That's either. exactly right. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I watch Iron Man. I love Tony Stark. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who doesn't like a show like that? And Elon's positioned himself as, as Tony Stark. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a few interesting things. Firstly, I think it's a huge um, boss move to just go and buy a platform. Mm. Or, like, you've got to pay respect to anyone. So has he actually bought it? Yeah, gone through. It's, wow. Um, so... Wow. Well, um, Is yeah, that like the first time a major social media platform's kind of changed hands? Yeah, or? yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what he does with it. But a, a good, good. Um, so as a business person, I look at that and think, mm. man, that's a, that's a boss move. <laughs> that's a big move. But then my mate, I was talking to him the other day and he said, yeah, but didn't he ask the UN to give a budget for how to end world hunger with $6 billion? And apparently he got given the budget and didn't do it. So he bought Twitter instead. You <laughs> might need to fact check that. <laughs> Maybe not with the $6 billion. <laughs> you definitely need to fact check that. But it's interesting. I think the guy's a very interesting guy. And I really hope that he, insta he, he walks the fine line of reinstating free speech yeah. versus censorship. Because yeah, yeah. we don't want people to be getting trolley loads of you know misinformation and getting bullied and stuff online. But... I think the censorship has caused more damage than mm. that. That's my mm. personal view. I'd be interested to um, see what he does. So I'm, I'm watching that part of it mm. Um, mm. really closely and good lessons to be learned. It's mm. good. Got anything for our, else for us in your... Yeah, at work, I'm trying to up standards. Okay. So that's a big thing for us at the moment. We've come through a season of crisis at work. Yep. Um, and as a small business owner, I've had to really knuckle down to turnaround mode, crisis mm. management mode, mm. and drive profitability. So mm. a lot of navigating that like i couldn't have done that without my faith and and yep. following christ like that's incredible but how we've got through but now we're on the other side and it's time to up standards yeah yeah 
I think it might be harder. Yeah. <laughs> I've just navigated. So easier to survive a crisis than Man, to improve. You've got nothing to lose yeah, when it's you're true. back against the wall. It's survival, isn't it? Everything's been taken. Survival. It's quite easy to be courageous. Yeah, that's why it's a good I've point. Led in with the Elon Musk move because he's mm. taken a massive risk on the back of success. Yeah. much harder than on the back of crisis, which I've had true, to do. True. Now I'm trying to break a cycle, which is increase our standards for the sake of you know, excellence, yeah. doing things better, yeah. Yeah. stewarding what we've got. Mm. And man, it's hard. And the more I think about it, and I was reflecting for the show, I thought, we're doing that at work. But mm. we're constantly doing that in our lives. And I talk to my mates, and pretty much everyone's either saving for a house, renovating mm. a house, mm. selling or buying a new house, my wife wants a bigger house, mm. you know, oh, we're constantly trying to up our standards and mm. um, it's hard to break the cycle. I can have a chat to Madeline if that would help. If you could teach her. marriage counselling. She, <laughs> she watched The Minimalist show and she wants a bigger house. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> She's got to have more babies. If you, you've got to have more babies, you want a bigger house. They're on the way. So. <laughs> no, it's interesting. So my question for you is we all walk this line of the tension of where we are yeah. versus what we want. And I think this is somewhere where the Christian worldview, firstly, and then as a as your faith comes on and you believe in Christ, mm. that it's it's an incredible advantage to deal with the tension of our ambitions and our desires, yeah, against the frictions of and realities of where mm. we are. Mm. Um, do you have anything? Well, the Christian faith on? is interesting because it's a hundred percent about excellence, mm. best practice, mm. you know, no corruption. Yeah. Um, you know, be better, refine, yeah. improve. Yeah. You know, that's a hundred percent the Christian message. But then on the other side of the coin is show grace, yeah. show mercy, uh, inclusivity, yeah. tolerate weakness. Yeah. You know, help help the unlovely, the weak, the poor. Yeah. Which for which is which is a funny dichotomy because for us it's a hard thing to get our head around. It's why we need God. Mm. You know, in John one it says that Jesus came um, full of truth but full of grace, yeah. you know, and sometimes we, or usually most people are better at one or the other. You're yeah. either good at truth and standards and we should, mm. or you're good at like mercy and we, we shouldn't and we should, yeah. you know, so, but Jesus was full 100% of mm. both. Yeah. And so how do you do that? Like, how do you do best practice and standards, Yeah. but then also understand people and be a great boss mm. and, and give people a fair go and give them a mm. break and, and... And do excellence, but not go broke. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> like, I've exactly got to produce right. results as Exactly well. right. So there's got to be a line of standard or whatever. And, and I think that's really... T- I think that when talking leadership, and that's what we talk a lot about on this show, is, is that is a balance mm. and it's a fine line. I don't like the word balance very much, but it is a, it is a bit of an, a, an act of... of, of, of tightrope. Yeah, it's a bit of a tightrope, mm. yeah. I think you need both. Yeah. I think you've got to have both. And it's not about one or the other. It's about one or the other at a certain time. Yeah. So it's not that we're all excellence and mm-hmm. because then you just churn and burn people, don't you? Yeah. Well, you're not the scratch. Oh, here's someone who's better. doesn't matter you've been here for 10 years. This person's mm-hmm. more competent. Yeah. And we know that doesn't work. But it's also not about like, oh, well, you're doing a rubbish job, mm-hmm. but we'll pay you really well and we'll give you whatever time <laughs> off you want. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I think it's about timing. When's the time for excellence? When's the time for showing grace? Yeah. When's the time, like you're saying, to, okay, push to the next level? Mm. When's the time to... Like for me with the church and this business, corporation, mm. like honestly, I think this year is going to be a messy year. Yeah. Like we are working on best practice and standards, but a lot of those things we're working on with, with our core group yeah. internally. 
mm. with what we can control. But with the wider kind of congregation and that, it's very loose. And it's, mm. and it's just a year of like, it's going to be a bit messy coming out of COVID. Yeah. Let's just show a lot of grace, a lot of unconditional love, give people time. Yeah. You know, that's where we're at as an organisation. So we're doing both. Yeah. But with different groups, yeah. the core group versus the big group. I think that's the message of like the, the take home that I get from from becoming a Christian in a in a world where I'm forced to be a leader, even though sometimes I want to escape from that. Yeah. Is that you have to be out of your both. Yeah. You have, like in almost every element of the kingdom you have to be able to see yeah. like truth, grace, yeah. strength, humility. Yeah. You know, that yeah. um it's multi dimensional and I think for me the big thing that I've been feeding on is that we lean on a scripture of that says seek first my kingdom mm, and mm. and like I've been forced to put my trust in in God in him and who he is and what he is and where mm, he's called mm, me to be mm. and let let things come together as I perform yeah, and yeah. execute and yeah well I think like I was saying with the timing mm. I think you get it wrong when your motive's wrong mm. so you That's want best so practice and standards but if your motive is wrong Mm. Or, or your method is, I'm going to use my strength, my, yeah. I think I have superior IQ in this area, mm. so I'm going to make everyone jump mm. to this. Yeah. Then I think you're off with your motive. Mm. Where like you're saying there, I think part of being um, a follower of Jesus is that like, what's more important that my motive is right mm. as the boss yep. than it is that I'm making someone do something because I can and they should. Mm. And I think that's really powerful because then it allows you, your motive, mm. you, 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 there's a lot of yourself is, is taken out. Yeah. So then you can see this isn't a time to put a huge standard on this employee. Yeah. They need a listening ear. Mm. They need some time off. If I show grace here, it's probably going to help them in their life Yeah. rather than being concerned about the goal. But then someone else is like, nah, hey, you got to go to the next level. Mm. We need to have a talk. Yeah. This is the right time. But also even in that, even though it might be a bit confronting, you're not in there, yeah. Grinding the person, you know, like you're 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 out of it, and this is best for them and the organisation. Very hard to get to. Oh, that's it's... why I pray a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say that is like I've framed this up to say as Christians we have an advantage, and that's a confidence that we know that Christ is bringing all things to order. Yeah, and well, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hope we have an advantage. Oh, like yeah. it's, you know, it takes it, well, it takes a lot to capitalise on yeah. that. Like there's a lot of Christians who. You know, should yeah. act like this that don't, and like it's a, yeah, that's well, where humility is so important. It's like, man, we stuff it up a lot. I think every individual, would, yeah, like, I stuff that up often, yeah, every yeah. day, probably. So yeah. coming back to that, that promise and that confidence of what he said and what he's mm. done, it's really interesting. Good. I like it. Well, yeah. So that's our chat. Um, yeah, really keen to hear if there's a tension that you're dealing with around that and how mm. you deal with it. So I think for me, it's making sure that I never have my contentment robbed by my ambition. Great, and I love that. We've talked a bit about that on this leadership podcast, but I constantly come back to the things we lean on and the nature of God when I think about this mm. stuff. Because yeah, like I'm incredibly ambitious. I expect to win, but I've been through a hell of a lot of losing. So Brad, I want to talk to you about our uh, prayer series. We've been doing it at church quickly and uh, a little yeah. bit about um, prayer. Uh, we called it Return to Prayer. Yeah. Because uh, coming out of COVID, yeah. Uh, what I've started to realize is a lot of people's spiritual life in the last couple of years have really uh, disappeared, drifted, deteriorated. I mean, a lot yeah. of us just got lost, lost in those um, 280 days of lockdown. Don't remind me. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry, we'll start shaking. Um, and, and prayer is, um, you know, obviously mm. central to the Christian walk. It's really where we learn 
to about God and he learns about us, I suppose. It's a, it's a relationship building. Mm. Uh, essentially, prayer is a fancy word for just saying, talking to God or dialoguing yeah. uh, with God. But the prayer series, we went a little bit different from what we've done before. We focused yeah. a lot on the kind of contemplative prayer, if you like, things like meditation and silence, mm. the spiritual disciplines. Mm. And yeah, it was really, really interesting. So... Yeah. Did anything stick out for you in particular during that series? Oh, I love the the multi facets of prayer. Before oh, yeah. I was a Christian, I loved meditation. I still meditate, it's just a bit different. I love mm. thought, vision, that mm. type of thing. Mm. So I love the different um, facets of prayer, especially the search my heart, oh Lord. I oh, love yeah. that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I think he called that examination yeah, yeah. prayer. Yeah. Um, the so, prayer of examine. Yeah, the prayer of examine. He examines you and. Yeah. I think that was powerful. Uh, it's so easy to come back to um, prayer being requests, which is mm. a part like a, God wants to know and wants us to talk about all things. It says pray about all things. But yeah. it's it's good to be reminded of the different uh, facets and the different type mm. of mm. prayer life we can build and to be challenged a bit and stretched a bit. Mm. So. Well, it's interesting that that was the one that stuck out to you because yeah. that... I think out of the whole series, I was like, man, this is the most confronting one. Because <laughs> a prayer of examine is really saying, God, yeah. like creator of the universe, sees and knows all things. Yeah, You already know stuff about me, mm. but I'm going to pray in a way that I'm going to also be conscious yeah. to you looking into my heart and my life. And I'm going to be honest mm. and authentic about yeah. what's going on. Examine me. Yeah, Look deep into me. And it's pretty full on because it's really the gaze of God kind yeah. of comes into that prayer time. And, uh, it, and the first thing that mm. obviously is going to be obvious is the fact that he is perfect and pure mm. and, and eternal and we're weak and fallible and mm. emotional and sinful yeah. and selfish. And yeah. so it's interesting that came up for you. That, that one affected me the most because it, like, it, it was a spirit moment for me. I went home that night, didn't sit down and you know set out to do any homework or anything like that. But I just noticed like as I was sitting on the couch and as I was falling asleep that I was allowing the Lord to examine me mm. in different areas. And I realized there was areas that I was kind of, you know, holding on to. Mm. And I so naturally go into prayer of like, you know, declaration and we're going to yeah. overcome and let's the do stuff and, and like, yeah. let's go. And, or like, Same. sorry, God, I'm come back into alignment. <laughs> like that's so easy. But to come back to like areas of my heart that I'm like, actually, I'm holding mm. an anxiety here or I'm holding a, a, a false desire That's right. here. That's right. Um, I feel like I, I got to trust him more. Really good. I realized that I'm hold, only holding on to it because I don't trust him Yeah. In that, with that. Or, really good. You know, well, the thing that's been, God's been hitting me with this mm. year is a little bit similar in the sense that I'm like you. You know, you take, I think you take a bit of your personality and yeah. leadership and where you want to go. <laughs> and sometimes that, becomes a bit too much of your prayer life yeah. because it fits with your personality. It's so hard to switch like this off. Yeah. yeah. And there is elements of prayer that are about that. It's about going somewhere in the future and got you know, you pray into what you want to see happen and God probably wants that to happen mm. too and you feel like you've heard him and he wants that. But then and this is where this prayer series mm. was a bit different because it was more contemplative and reflective and those yeah. kind of prayers. Mm. But for me, the crazy one was I really felt God say to me this year that that, that success mm. and, and breakthrough and all the good stuff would actually mm. come via silence wow. and stillness. Mm. Yeah. And so there's this whole element of prayer where you're just quiet. Mm. And so I've been putting on my um, timer on my phone yeah. and seeing how long I can just 
sit in silent prayer for. I've only got up to about three minutes so far That's without like my brain going off somewhere or getting distracted or, but just to be silent and still before God and meditate yeah. on him and in that mm. prayer for is really, really difficult. It goes against all the lifestyle that we live in, you know, of hurry and rushing and grabbing and grasping. And yeah. Yeah. So I like it. Yeah. For me, it was, I just felt so many things dissolve when I let him examine me. I think that's, yeah, I was reflecting on what I'm feeding on. Like before I came on here, I I was reflecting. I was like, I've really been feeding on that. Like those little areas that are quite deep that just needed, when I come to him and hand them to him, they just get dissolved Mm. and allow him to examine why there's an anxiety or why there's an issue. Very good. Very good. Very impressed. Very impressed. Uh, (laughs) So I want to talk about something a bit different now. Okay. It's this great book that I read this year. Okay. Great. It's called Sleep. Uh, it's by Nick <laughs> Little Hales. It's like as a marketer, that, yeah. that is not a. Like, no, I don't go to the bookstore and think, "Awesome, I'm going to read like <laughs> Sleep." Like <laughs> I could get Win or Four Hour Work Week or, or Sleep Less. Sleep Less, yeah. <laughs> or Sleep Better. That's right. Well, this is a bit about sleeping better. So Nick Little Hales is a uh, sleep coach for yeah. athletes. Wow. And I actually had heard about him before because uh, of my soccer, Aussie, soccer obsession. No, he's English. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he worked with, he's worked with Manchester United and Real Madrid and some of the big soccer clubs. Yeah. And he's worked with the um, British Olympic team and things like that. So it's kind of started yeah. at that elite level to try and yeah. give athletes that 1%, 2%. Yeah. Uh, he's worked with Tour de France um, cyclists and all these kind oh. of things. Uh, fascinating. But what I realized reading this book is that great leaders have great sleep. It's so- that's not a that's not a quote that you often hear about leadership. No, because because we pin um, great leadership to being able to do less sleep, mm. do, do more, more with less, mm. and and it's interesting because you don't well, it, the book makes so much sense when he frames it around an athlete because mm. no one would say a great athlete should sleep less and train more. Yeah, because we understand sleep in an athletic sense brings healing. Bring even emotional, mental stillness, heals the body, repairs yeah. it. But then we think as leaders or in business world, well, we don't need that. And mm-hmm. I'll be mentally sharp and I'll so be emotionally true. sound and I'll be physically awesome for like 50, 60 mm-hmm. years. But it's just not true. It's actually going against science. Mm-hmm. So, so basically the synopsis of the book is that we should break down our whole day or week, but especially the nighttime hours, into 90-minute cycles. So he calls it the R90 method. So recovery is the R, and then 90-minute cycles, because that's how long a sleep cycle is. Yeah, interesting. So you go down through your through your um, REM, REM sleep, and then you get into your deep sleep. And it's actually your deep sleep, which we only have, per cycle, we actually only have five to eight minutes of, that actually repairs so repairs us. Wow. Heals our muscles, heals our body, renews us, the cells we've lost ready for the next day. So a lot of people don't get down to that depth of sleep mm. or they might only get two or three cycles a night and they might need four or five. Mm. So, but then it's interesting because outside of the sleeping hours, he actually talks about a 90-minute um, sleep preparation routine wow. and even a 90-minute wake routine uh, kind so of either many, side of how that. How many hours does the... The pre, like the, the warm up, the sleep, and then the warm down. So, well, 90 minute cycle. So, 90 minute either side, he talks yep. about, is really important. And you think about the morning one, it makes sense mm. because you need mm. sunlight mm. to set off your melatonin mm. to wake you up. 
So, uh, and that 90 minute cycle to get the sunlight, to wake, to eat, yeah. is actually going to put you in a great position to, you know, to perform. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people rush into that or get up, grab an apple, rush out the door to work, mm. into a meeting, they're not even awake properly. So a lot of really, really interesting. But what I realized is I need five cycles a night, yeah. which is about seven and a half hours sleep. Yeah. So I've started going, I've totally changed my sleep routine. Mm. I changed my pillow. Wow. I bought new bedding. I've changed the side I sleep yeah. on. I'd yeah. always sleep on the right side. He actually suggests sleeping on your non-dominant side. So you for see, me, that's you the You sound like a cyclist who reads a book and goes <laughs> and buys all the gear. <laughs> I, I did, exactly right. I, I bought a, a, um, a cushion topper for my bed because my bed was a bit hard. Um, so I was, the angles of how my head was on the pillow wasn't right. It's actually improved my neck a lot. It's about neck issues. But... After all of that, and then we're going to hear about how you sleep. <laughs> I'm taking it all in here. Are you going to read the book now? <laughs> I don't need to now. But after all of that, I, for me, the reason I got there, this is probably the leadership bit. The yeah. reason I got there is because I actually wanted to pray better. Yeah. I want to be a better dad. Mm. It wasn't just about like performance. I want to perform. Mm. I want to be an awesome leader. It was actually about I want to be a better dad, mm. more switched on at work, mm. performing better as a father, praying better. Yeah. And I like to pray in the morning, so I needed a routine yeah. that would actually support that. Yeah. And I realized that so much of being awesome today is actually about how you prepare the day before. So true. Makes and sense. sleep is that final preparation for the next day. Yeah. So I've had a real, as you can probably hear, I've had a real kind of revolution or reformation of, mm. I suppose, my value of sleep. And, mm. and, and, and there's a lot of things. It's just really come through education. Mm. Like I've read the book, it's educated me. Yeah. And because I, I understand more, then I can either, you know, pretend it doesn't exist, ignore it, mm. pretend I'm, you know, as we do mm. as humans, I'm unique. Yeah. That doesn't really apply to me because yeah. I don't really want to change. Or I can embrace it. So I really embraced it and it, it's been quite amazing. I feel fresher, uh -huh. more on top, more able to do what I can do. I feel like my days can be super full yeah. because then my night routine is really good, so... Man, I like it. It's actually really inspiring. I saw this on the run sheet and I was going to cheat and watch the the um, summary video, but I think this is better video because video you're passionate about it. And it's yeah. true. Like, I like to start my morning on. So like, yeah. wake up and pray or go to the gym first, one of the two. Yeah. And recently I've been going to the gym first because it forces me to wake up mm -hmm. and trying to implement some digital sunsets. But man, my sleep is... What's constantly... digital sunsets exactly? Explain that. So I turn the phone off at a certain time. Okay. Really yeah. hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, with my it. night routine, I, I want to be asleep by 11. Yeah. So that means 9.30 to 11 is that 90 minute. Yeah. So from 9.30, I don't look at my phone. Yeah. I don't watch TV. I don't eat. I don't drink. What do you do? Well, I read usually. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you eliminated everything. Well, amazingly, changing the routine, all of a sudden I can, I'm yeah, smashing reading. through books. I read, talk to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Madeline's watching this. Resusc like... Resuscitate a bit. Yeah. But the 90 minutes goes pretty quick. Because once you do, you brush your teeth and muck yeah. around or do whatever, have a shower. Mm. But yeah, even that, I turn off all the main lights. Mm. You know, mm. So even that, just by the time I'm ready to sleep, I'm gone in a minute. And Literally. I'm like, interested to hear in this, do you find that you're active in your sleep? Like you dream, do you move? I don't or dream you, much, or no. out? I'm pretty out, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been, I, think, I think I've never done the sleep apps or measurements or whatever, yeah. but I think I'm getting down and having better quality yeah. deep sleep, which is the one mm. that repairs you. 
Um, the good thing is too, like I found, I just don't need to sleep in the whole kind of, yeah. I suppose, lie yeah. of I need to sleep. And he really addresses that in the book, I need to sleep in, I was up late last night. What he says is, if, if you usually go to bed at 11 and you have a late night out drinking or partying or going out for dinner. Sound like a wild pasta. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, just come home and go to bed at 12.30. So you actually yeah. go to bed 90 minutes later. So he's sticking the... Yeah. yeah. And then he said, you just catch up on that 90-minute cycle later in the week. Yeah. And, or even in a nap. Mm. So maybe the next night you go to bed 90 minutes earlier or sleep in 90 minutes more, but you keep it in the cycles because you don't want to go down into the cycle. What we usually do is we put the alarm on the time we need to be at work, mm. we could be, you could be in your deep sleep, your most yeah. high quality sleep and your alarm's going off. Mm. So it's actually trying to time when you're gonna be naturally coming out of sleep as well it and how many cycles me. you need. He talks about this one girl in the book yeah. where she only needed three cycles a night. So that's like four and a half hours. I hope that's me. <laughs> <laughs> but you, it, there's lots of flexibility in it. So yeah, obviously as you can hear, I should do a little video on it. You should, well I think this is an inspiration for us. I'm gonna think more about my sleep. For me, I think the take home is the, the setup and the wake up. Yes. I think as someone who, like you said, wants to be better at things and do more and get more out of the day, mm. the, the 90 minute calm down and have a good routine there, yeah. that's always getting robbed. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Facebook marketplace, that's yeah. always a bargain. <laughs> <laughs> you are obsessed with social That's got to be turned off. I'm not really on social media anymore, so I don't know what you social oh, media types are like. My wife's the same, but no, I like it. So thanks for the inspiration. Thanks for well, summarising my, the book. No, no problems. So my, my leadership lesson of the month uh, to finish us off is related to the sleep. Mm. So the leadership lesson of the month is preparation mm. precedes execution. Beautiful. Do you like that? I like that a lot. Pre preparation <laughs> precedes execution. So like with the sleep, if you want to sleep well, you've got to prepare that 90 minutes or even the day before preparing, getting ready to sleep. And even in the morning, the routine uh, is the same, preparing myself the night before with lunch packed and things ready so I can wake up and do my routine in the morning. So, But it applies in many other areas in life. Preparation precedes execution. As leaders, the big challenge is we skim, we yeah. shoot from the hip, we yeah. think we're so smart and get away with it. And sometimes we can. Mm. We know that preparation often produces more excellence, but I think there's something better than just excellence as well. Yeah. It's actually about being authentic, being deep. Yeah. When we prepare, we, when we talk and open our mouths, deep things come out because we're well prepared. When we do things at work, when we lead, when we enter certain meetings, when we're prepared, there's quality, there's wisdom, there's patience. So I think, but it doesn't really fit well with modern life, does it? Because it's fast, it's hurry, it's rushing, grabbing, competing. But preparation precedes execution. If you want to execute well, that's my good. leadership lesson of the month. Sleep precedes success. Oh, I like it. <laughs> that's my only contribution. We should stop, we should that's... stop. It's too good. <laughs> Well, thanks for your time today, mate. Loved it. Thank you. It's been you. great. The thank inaugural. You guys. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Comments. Get on it. We'll be commenting back. Yep. And also, like we we love to hear. We love yeah. anything you want us to discuss or any thoughts. Topics would be cool. Any yeah. topic suggestions. So, thank you for joining us today on the leadership lessons show.